It's time for Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck, here's Lance Meadow. Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point is brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. American-made Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. PSENG, we make things work for you. And brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Visit MBUSA.com today. Lance Meadow with you as we are recapping the Giants' 17-13 loss to the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field as the Giants fall to 0-2. This is the fourth straight season that they've lost their first two games of the year, seventh in the last eight years in which they have ended up with that record. The Bears now off to a 2-0 start for the first time since 2013 when they won their first three games and will bring in Bob Pop and Carl Banks, the two guys who called today's games. And guys, this was a situation where the Giants dug themselves in an early hole, 17-0, missed opportunities early in this contest. They had a chance late in the game, but ultimately a little too late, which unfortunately has been a big storyline over the course of the first two weeks. Yeah, well, Lance, uh, you turn it over like you did in the first half. That's going to cost you. And then, you know, not taking advantage of some opportunities. And, you know, you get a turnover and you got to settle for three because Slayton drops a third down catch. They're doing a lot of things to lose games, even at the end of the game. Heck, they get a missed 50-yard field goal. But, you know, they let Montgomery average 10 yards a carry down the stretch and, and – Poor containment on Trubisky. He scrambles for a first down. Little things like that you can't do when you're undermanned as they are as a football team. Well, and how about this statistic? Based on what you were just referring to, Bob, the one thing that jumps out to me is the inability to get off the field on third down, more so early in the game than perhaps later. They were 9 of 16, the Bears, on third down. This was a team that was 2 for 11 on third down last week. That was tied for dead last in the NFL. They had converted their first four third downs on the opening drive, which led to a touchdown. And if you look at the third down and distance throughout the course of this game, other than a third and 18, pretty much everything was nine yards or less that Chicago faced throughout the course of this contest. And Lance, one of the other things, too, you'll notice is that in a lot of their big drives, they were getting big yardage on second down. Yeah. You know, one of the other problems, Lance, is when you have them in first and 25, and on first and 25, the running back runs for 23, uh, it's, it's, it's a sure recipe to give yourself a third and short. I mean, they, they did not play good run defense. And that's the second week in a row they haven't done that. And, again, you, you can't keep turning the ball over like the quarterback's doing, Carl. Yeah, and the thing is, too, when they needed to get a stop as bad as they had played, they put their bruiser in the game, and he just punched them in the gut and just kept going and kept going 20 yards, 20 yards, and the Giants couldn't get them to the ground. And you knew they, you know, they were trying to put the game away, so there was no way that they were going to have – uh, any pass is planned. It was just go play smash mouth football and, and, and end this game for us, Montgomery, and that's what he did for the most part. It was a big opportunity for the Bears when they had a third and two and a fourth and two. And I'm curious both of your perspectives because it looked, Carl, based on what you were just referring to, I thought the Bears were doing everything in their power to make sure that Mitchell Trubisky didn't have to try to seal this game for them based on his shaky play in the second half. So they were running it down the throat of the Giants' defense with David Montgomery, and then they get to a third and two, and surprisingly, 
they put then the game back in the hands of Mitchell Trubisky where he throws the first time and it's incomplete. And then the second time, here's where all of a sudden the ball just unfortunately doesn't bounce the Giants' way. Maybe this is 2020 in a nutshell, but the fact that the ball gets deflected to Bobby Massey, the right tackle for his first career interception after Blake Martinez gets a piece of it, and he ends up with a catch for four yards, which is quite remarkable, all things considered. Well, you create your own luck, Lance. I mean, look. They, they they had their chances. There's, you know, that ball was in the air, and it was as good as any defensive lineman as it was to an offensive lineman, and their guy hustled and got the football. But it's kind of the story of the game, you know? Yeah, and then and listen, the Giants uh, did not – you can't pin this blame anywhere but on them collectively as a team. Mm-hmm. Although they got a bad break uh, at the end of the game because someone just sent me a text of a, a photo um, – you know, I thought C.J. Board had the first down on that catch. And uh, they got a bad spot because it turned out to be fourth and one, which the Giants did convert. But if he's got a first down there, Carl, um, now you're not running that safe play right. to try to convert the fourth down, which with the Giants out of timeouts just used much more of that clock at the end of the game. And the Giants couldn't challenge it because they were out of timeouts. But that was a bad spot that didn't help them. Again, I'm not blaming the officials for the outcome of the game by any stretch, but that's something that also didn't help the Giants' chances in this game. No, it didn't. And the thing about it, the Giants didn't do enough. And, you know, you and I always make these boxing analogies. This was one where the Giants got literally outpointed. You know, they just didn't have enough good plays to get them through this game. I mean, it, you, you made the note, as sloppy and as bad as they played, they were down two scores, and then they were down one score. And like you said, it was just like quicksand. If you don't get something done, you sink even further. And that's what was happening. Yeah, and listen, I know the Bears have a good defense, not taking anything away from the Bears and what they can do defensively, but you got to be better than the Giants were in the first half offensively. Yeah. I mean, you you, you throw a goose egg up. I mean, they missed a 57-yarder. That's a – that's a 50-50 shot, as is anyway, at the end of the first half. But you, you've got to be more productive. Ingram was AWOL until late in the game. Um, you know, Shepard got hurt. Slayton had a big drop after the Julian Love interception on the third down. Just all these little things. You, you, these guys have – they need everybody, all hands on deck, all 60 minutes. Yeah, you got Leonard Williams in pursuit of the quarterback on a crucial down. He decides he wants to play coverage – Instead of just barreling towards the quarterback, he stops. Quarterback gets the first down, keeps the drive alive. And then I think Martinez was worried about the fact that Trubisky was near the sideline and he didn't want a roughing penalty, so he sort of pushed him. No, it wasn't. It was a fingernail. But he really didn't. He like yeah. held back on it, and Trubisky wound up getting six or seven more yards. Yep. It's a. There's a lot this team has to learn in terms of how to win games, and even when you get yourself, if you can battle back into games, the things that are important uh, as you battle back, you know, the little things are, are what matters. How teams want to attack you when they want to try to put a game away, looking at the personnel. Montgomery is not a guy that they put in the game for passing. So you play what they give you and, and, and live with the rest, but it's – They just did not do a good job when they needed to. And that's why the margin for error is minute 
over the first two games for the Giants, as we're seeing. Best way to sum up the lack of productivity of the first half, Giants had five possessions. Two of them ended with turnovers. Another one ended with a punt. And then, as Bob mentioned, the missed 57-yard field goal. So not many at-bats that turned out to be positive for the Giants in the first half, and that's why they played catch-up all along. We are going to be taking your phone calls throughout the course of the postgame show at 877-337-6666. You can also head to Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. We will work in some of your questions and statements along the way here on Giants Extra Point. Big Blue Kickoff Live is the Giants' daily call-in show on Giants.com every weekday from 12 to 1. The archive can also be found on the Giants mobile app and on all popular podcast platforms. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you here as we're recapping the Giants' setback in Chicago. They fall to the Bears 17-13 off to an 0-2 start here in 2020. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck. So they're going to go for it on fourth and goal at the one. 38 seconds into the fourth quarter. Bears up 17-3. I set. handoff. Lewis nudges into the line. Fights in for the touchdown. Extra effort by Deion Lewis. Gets the Giants in. That was the play of the game brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants, as Dion Lewis filling in for the injured Saquon Barkley, who left this game in the first half due to a right knee injury. He will undergo further testing when the team returns to East Rutherford, New Jersey. Also, Sterling Shepard was missed for the bulk of this game with an apparent toe injury. So the Giants hurting from all different aspects as we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you as the Giants fell to the Bears 17-13. to One of the things that we talked about following the Steelers game as I use the term at bats, especially when they had that 19-play drive and they had nothing to show for it, you look at the numbers in this game, and Bob, you talked about the turnovers, which has been certainly an Achilles heel for the Giants, specifically in 2019. They now have four giveaways in the first two games of the season, but most important, they were able to offset it with a pair of Mitchell Trubisky interceptions in the second half. However, just six points off of those takeaways. So even though we saw some lengthy drives by the Giants, once again, settling for three points as opposed to punching it in, that makes it that much more difficult when you're playing from behind for the bulk of the game. Well, yeah, and Lance, look, this isn't uh, a new story here. The Giants have uh, been ranked outside of the top ten in scoring offense a lot over the last six years. And, you know, when you're scoring 16 one week, 13 another, um, it's it's hard to win in the National Football League. It, it just, it's And the Giants are not doing enough offensively to score points and open things up. Right, and if you're playing complementary football, meaning the Giants aren't giving up a ton of points in their first two games, but they're not scoring enough points either. If you're playing bend but don't break defense, that means your offense has got to put up some points. If not, then you're chasing, your offense is chasing what little uh, what little points that you do give up. Yeah, I mean, you you know, and Lance, you, you brought up the point. You know, you get a couple of interceptions and you only have six points to show mm-hmm. for it. After the Julian Love interception, uh, when the Giants wound up getting their first three points of the ball game on the uh, Graham Gano 39-yard field goal, I mean, you got a third and six at the Bears' 21-yard line, and they run that little uh, in-cut slant to Darius Slayton, and Daniel Jones puts it right on him. And with the speed that he has – 
uh, he might take that right up the middle for a touchdown. But if he catches the ball, you at least are going to have a first and 10 at the 14-yard line. Instead, you know, you're sending out Gano to kick a 39-yard field. You can't drop a pass. Like, they're not good enough to drop passes like that. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, um, go ahead, Cole. No, no, but that's that's the difference. And, and if you're going to turn the corner a little bit as a team that won four games last year, those are the type of plays that you need. Well, and a big reason why also they failed to punch it in is 3 of 13 on third down, which is a number that certainly jumps off the page. And I was giving you the Bears numbers from earlier in the postgame show. It's not as if the Giants were facing a number of third and longs. When you look at the statistics for down and distance, they had a third and six, a third and five, a third and eight, a third and one, and a third and two. That was the first five third downs that they faced in the first half. And the only one that they wound up converting was a third and one, which was when Deion Lewis ran for two yards. I mean, that's it. Here's the thing about it. With this offense, it feels like when you get to third downs, you're behind the change regardless. If you can get – if you don't have to get to third down a few times, a few possessions in your drive, it gives you a better feeling about accomplishing whatever the third and two or third and five – you know, you look at what Chicago had. They had a couple – couple in their long drives, they had a couple second downs where they were getting first downs. The Giants, you're just meticu- you know, um, meticulously going about it, and then you just, you know, three yards, two yards, third and five. One yard, two yards, third and seven. And you just never get it as opposed to how about just getting a couple of these and keeping drives going before you even get to third down – but you just can't – I mean, you don't get the feeling that they're ahead or on schedule when they get to any third and whatever yardage if they haven't had any big play during the course of a drive. It's a great point, and it actually was spelled out the complete opposite way for the Bears because even though they didn't get the Cairo Santos 50-yard field goal attempt to go their way, they didn't face a third down until very late in that 12-play drive, and they only oh. ended up with two third downs because they were running the ball effectively, of course, with David Montgomery. That is the telephone number. You can also hit us up on Twitter, hashtag GiantsChat. Let's go to the phones. Dan is in South Jersey. He gets things going here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. What's happening, Dan? Dan going once. Dan going twice. Dan apparently is a man of very few words this afternoon following the game. We don't blame him from that perspective. Let's see if Ralph in Florida is just a tad more talkative than Dan. That's the goal on the postgame show, to open your mouth and say some words. What's happening, Ralph? Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm tough, Lord. But uh, my question is for Carl. Now, I'm I'm not mistaken. Mr. Trubisky is not one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I just felt on second and third down, trying to play coverage against a quarterback like that, made absolutely no sense to me. I didn't understand. Every time we put pressure on him is when he made the mistakes, when he made when he made the bad throws. So I was a little upset at Patrick Graham for playing eight DBs for no reason. We should have been blitzing him the whole game and let him beat us over the top. Let him let let him make, beat us over the top. And then, obviously, a little upset at the, the, the three defensive stoppers that we're supposed to have in Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, and – Dexter Lawrence, I mean, that last drive was ridiculous. He get a first and 25, and you let the guy run for 23 yards on the very next play? It's horrible. It's unacceptable. I don't know. I'll take you guys off the air, but thanks for taking my call. 
Well, the the pass rush, when you look at some of the bigger plays that he made, were more. It wasn't so much of a lack of pressure. It was lack of uh, rush lane responsibility. On one, I remember distinctly, um, Marcus Golden went inside, and Trubisky just rolled outside of him and made a play. Uh, we saw the one third down where Trubisky just ran because Leonard Williams stopped and thought he was going to be in coverage. So um, I thought the plan, if executed, would have been fine because you can't you can't pressure all the time when you got guys like Alvin Robinson on the field and Tariq Cohen at the same time. So you've got to be able to uh, mix it up, but your guys should be good enough up front to contain him so that your coverage can um, be effective. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Go ahead, Bob. Excuse me, Jim. And and by the way, on that touchdown, to make it 17-0, I mean, Trubisky, they kind of were shadowing a four-man rush there. Trubisky had six seconds. What's Corey Ballantyne doing, though? I mean, it's not like he threw a a John Elway or Dan Marino laser to the backside there and hit a guy. I mean, that ball was in the air almost as long as the time he had to throw the ball, and it was going sideways. What's Ballantyne doing? And the thing is, it wasn't like he was scrambling around and you saw a guy uncover. He was pretty much in the same three- or four-yard area, and he just moved a little bit. He saw the ball and went and got it. Uh, Ballantyne falls down behind him, didn't really even compete for it. So, I mean, these are things, and it's a young defensive backfield in, in terms of him and Love and Darnay Holmes, but these are learning things that they got to do, but you expect them to make these types of plays. You got to be able to make these types of plays in order to help your team because once you get past your first game, you're no longer a young guy. You're a guy that's expected to make plays like a starter. And, Lance, I just want to go back to this uh, C.J. Board play because I called it on the third and 10 at the Bears 26, uh, I thought it was a first down. They gave Board only nine yards, but it sure looked to me like he had the first down. According to Section 2, Article 5F, inside of two minutes, on a potential first down play, that can be a booth review. So I don't know what they were doing in New York or the booth review people. It was a terrible job by the line judge. Uh, and and the uh, official out on the field, um, the line judge on the field, and the replay official because I, when I first saw it, I'm like, all right, that's a first down. He gets out of bounds, and instead of it being fourth and one at the 17 with 21 seconds, and they throw the, then they throw the pass to to Slayton for three yards, but now they got to spike the ball. Instead, it should have been first and ten at the Bears 16. With the clock stopped with 26 seconds, that changes your sequencing too on how you're attacking them because now you have four downs yeah. to start attacking things. You know that was a big mess up by the officials there. Not, that's not why the Giants lost the game. Not making excuses for the Giants. I'm just going to something that I had mentioned earlier. But you know it all matters. But it, it but in the Giants' case, you create your own luck. You know you start executing some things. And those types of plays go your way. A tip ball goes your way and not into the arms of a offensive lineman that's just standing there and a gift from above. Well, and plus Montgomery running for a few first downs. Think about all the time that the Bears ran off the clock on the previous drive. So yeah, well, you that, combine to, that. To yeah. me, that's, that's the thing that 
Carl, I know you and I both feel the same way. I mean, Trubisky had thrown an interception. The Giants get the field goal. The Bears take over at their own 24 with 7.36 to go. You've got momentum. Montgomery for 11, Montgomery for 10, Patterson a loss of a yard, and then the Trubisky scramble for 12 where yeah. the Leonard Williams play where he's pursuing to the sideline. Golden's got him bracketed. Williams decides to drop back in some sort of coverage and lets Trubisky have the sideline. It's like basketball. You never get up the baseline. And, you know, then you they commit a penalty – and it's first and 25 with 4.51 to go for the Bears back at their own 41. And on the first play on a four, first and 25, you let Montgomery get 23 yards. Yeah. I mean, you knew you this. They're running yeah, it. You knew this is what they were going to do, and you couldn't stop it. So, I mean, this is it's an indictment on the big guys up front that, you know, just a week ago we were saying how well they played in certain situations. But then again – they were giving up chunk yards against the Steelers as well. Let's head back to the phone lines at 877-337-6666. Wilson is in Roxbury, New Jersey. Wilson, welcome aboard. What do you have for us? Hey, how you doing? Hey, listen, I've been a Giants fan for 40 years. And, uh, you know, for some reason, the ball just keeps bouncing, you know, the wrong way. I mean, you know, that play with the offensive lineman, you know, the, the, the non-call and the last drive. But listen, uh, the, only thing I, I could, the only thing I could see watching it is that last year, this game would have been 31-3. to And this year, it was 17-13 to with a chance to win the game. I know eventually we have to win a game, but I can see the sideline is different. I can see a lot of different things. And listen, the law of averages is eventually the ball bounces your way. I mean, the Giants, you know, you know, they had a chance to win the game. Actually, they had a chance to win the game last week with a play goes here and there. Sure. So, you know, I know eventually you got to win a game, but I see I see better things than 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 bad things, and uh, it's a big. You know, big difference from last year. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, here's the thing. If you want to look at it from an optimistic standpoint, right, is the the things they screw up on one week, if they don't show up the next week, but they found another screw-up, if they can get those out of the way soon enough, then they will start to win games. But if it's a same old story, different screw-up, then you're headed down the wrong path. But I, I, I tend to... Uh, lean where you are from an optimistic standpoint, meaning that there are some things that we're seeing better, but there are just not enough of them. Yeah, the one thing I'd be concerned about, just to follow up on his point, Carl, two weeks in a row, though, when you kind of got a sense that the opposition was in a run mode, yeah. they ran it. And you couldn't do anything to stop it. That's that's where and, – and, you know, the interesting thing about that is where they pretty much predetermined what they're going to do – unlike regular in-game situations where you're counted on to make stops in run-pass situations. This is definitely run situation, and you couldn't get them stopped. And that's that's an indictment. Here's another trend I would point out that has occurred now in back-to-back weeks, which you can argue have been turning points in games. It wasn't a two-minute drill this week, guys, in terms of what the Bears pulled off, unlike the Steelers did, if you remember, right before the end of the first half. But Chicago, in a 10 nothing game, takes over with just over five and a half minutes, or right around there, 
11 plays, 80 yards, and then the touchdown pass to Mooney, which all of a sudden now pushes the lead to 17 nothing, and there's 14 seconds left in the game. So teams maybe putting the Giants with their backs against the wall late in the first half and truly testing them, and now we're back-to-back weeks where ultimately the opposition has walked away with a touchdown to pad the lead. Yeah, I mean, that's – Lance, I mean – that's not what you're looking for. I mean, that that those are all the little things that, you know, are going to cost you an opportunity to win football games. I mean, that's just that's just the bottom line here, Carl, is uh, a lot of little things add up to L's. And when you're not good enough is where you've got to be so much more attention to detail and you've got to be opportunistic when those times come. You know, you had – this this Trubisky scramble and it, it just sticks out in my head because yeah. it's you know you got a guy who should not even worry about pass coverage at all. You can just go just sandwich the quarterback with Marcus Golden, and you don't. You just stop for some reason because he pump fakes you. That pump fake has nothing to do with you. You're not in coverage. Just go, and you know that's just kind of emblematic of where they are right now in this young season. Um, You know, I don't know if the needle's pointing down or it's just kind of sideways and it hasn't gone in either direction, but, you know, they they fight, they show character, they keep themselves in games, but that cannot be habit-forming unless you want to keep yourself in the game enough to win one. As long as you're just close enough to lose, that means nothing. Hey, I got to show you a funny stat because the the Chargers lead the Chiefs seven nothing. Just you know, people who listen are football fans. Justin Herbert, the rookie, just ran uh, ran one in for a touchdown. It's the first rushing touchdown by a Chargers quarterback in 147 games, 141 <laughs> games. 2011, Philip Rivers ran one in. Wow. Anyway. Things change when Tyrod Taylor all of a sudden is your starting quarterback and he had a little well, bit more mobility. Well, it was Justin Herbert who actually ran it Yeah, in. Taylor's on the sideline after maybe one play, if that. All right, Lance, take it away, man. Absolutely. Let's head back to the phone lines. Christian is in Colorado. Christian, what do you have for us? Hey, how's it going? Uh, tough loss today, man. Uh, pretty disappointed. Uh, really bummed out about Saquon. Do you guys have any update on anything about Saquon? Well, he's going to undergo further testing once the team returns home to New Jersey, and that pretty much is the extent of it. Okay, and what about what about uh, Sterling Shepard? I saw him kind of go out that, that first play of the second half, too. Any, any word on Sterling? Same, Same thing. thing, okay. Yeah, because what yeah. happens is all they have is x-ray machines in the stadiums, so they could tell you if something's broken. But okay. those guys are going to have to come back. When they're going to get back to New Jersey, they'll go to hospital for special surgery. And they'll have MRIs conducted to determine extent of injury. All right, Christian. Thank you for the phone call. For Saquon, though, for sure. No, not the news that you want to see if you're the Giants, especially when you're trailing 17 nothing in the first half and you lose two critical offensive weapons. We will step aside. 
When we come back, we'll continue to field your reaction at 877-337-6666. We'll also take a closer look at the offense and the defense and ways that they can look to build off of some of the bright spots, but also correct some of the wrongs as they'll return home against the San Francisco 49ers in Week 3. And a reminder, for more game analysis, check out Giants Rewind with Carl Banks and John Schmelk on all your favorite podcast platforms, Giants.com and the Giants mobile app, the day after every Giants game. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes. Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. At the Geico Sports Desk with this sports update, I'm Lance Meadow. Let's take you through the NFL Week 2 scoreboard. And it just went final. The Cowboys somehow overcame a 20-point deficit and edged the Falcons 40 to 39. So Dallas gets its first win of the season. The Falcons fall to 0-2. Game's currently in progress. You have the Bills leading the Dolphins 31-26. Miami getting on the board with a touchdown pass from Ryan Fitzpatrick. That is pending an extra point. A five-point lead for Buffalo with under a minute to go in the fourth. First quarter, it's the Cardinals 7, Washington nothing. The Chargers are blanking the Chiefs 7-zip, and the Ravens and Texans are both scoreless. Everything else is in the books, and we start with a battle in the NFC North. Green Bay ran over Detroit 42-21. Aaron Jones, 168 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He also had nearly 70 yards receiving as well as a touchdown. Tennessee squeaked by Jacksonville 33-30 after the Jaguars mounted a comeback to tie the game at 30 late. Janu Smith hauling in two of Ryan Tannehill's four touchdown passes. The Indianapolis Colts took care of the Minnesota Vikings 28-11 as Indianapolis gets its first win of the season. San Francisco crushed the Jets 31-13. The Niners lost just about, it seems, every single weapon on offense and defense in this game. Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, and then on defense, Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas. So that is going to be a banged-up Niners team in all likelihood visiting MetLife Stadium once again for the second straight week against the Giants next weekend. The Rams cruise past the Eagles 37-19. It was the Steelers 26, Broncos 21. And Tom Brady and the Buccaneers notched their first victory at home over the Panthers, 31-17. Leonard Fournette over 100 yards rushing and two scores. That was the NFL in action. It was brought to you by Bigelow T, the T of choice of Phil Simms and Bob Papa. We are here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. We will have more coming your way as the Giants fell to the Bears, 17-13 in Chicago. Giants off to an 0-2 start. Hang tight. Back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. This is Daniel Jones, and you're listening to Giants Football on the Fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Trubisky back, looking right, lobbing it right, and the pass is nearly intercepted by Bradbury. Did he pick it off? Yes, he did! They tried the floater down the right sideline for Robinson, and Bradbury turned his head and picked it off for the Giants. We welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you. 
as that was one of two interceptions recorded by the Giants in this contest. James Bradbury had one. Julian Love had the other. Coincidentally, Julian Love's first career interception came last season in Week 12 at Soldier Field in Chicago, and he ends up with his second one in the same exact spot. The biggest issue was Giants were only able to score six points off of those two takeaways. Bears had their own trouble. They only scored three points off of two takeaways from the Giants as they fell to the Bears 17-13 and start the season off 0-2. We are fielding your phone calls at 877-337-6666. Can't get to the phones. You can also chime in. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. We'll look to mix in your tweets along the way. Right now, let's head back to the lines and we check in with Charles, who is in Jackson Heights. Charles, welcome to board. What do you got for us? Uh, I'm just watching Sterling Shepard and wondered how, how this guy can be considered a threat when he doesn't create any separation. He's always got a guy hanging on his back when he catches the ball. Running six yard outs isn't going to scare anybody. To get separation all the time, if he's getting enough separation to catch the football, that's what you need from your slot guy. I mean, they're not going to always be running wide open. What you want them to do is catch the ball when it's thrown to them. So um, I'm not sure what world we live in now where you think receivers are supposed to be running away from everyone all the time. The other guys get paid too, you know. So um, you've got Darius the, the guy who's got more speed, Slayton, dropped a big one right. in a big spot. Right. So, I mean, you, you know, you're just complaining. There's a lot to complain about on this, but it's not a guy catching a ball with somebody hanging on him. You want him to catch the football, and I think Shepard has made his share of football plays, but, you know, you look at the guy who's guarding him, too. Those guys get paid, and it, there are no slouches in that defensive backfield for Chicago. All right, Charles, appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much for weighing in. Kyle Fuller on one side, Jalen Johnson, the yeah. – Rookie on the other side, not too shabby, considering they able to close out the game last week against the Lions when Detroit was knocking on the door for the game-winning touchdown, and then they did it again this week against the New York Giants. Coincidentally, pretty much both of the games ended the same exact way for Chicago secondary. Yeah, they're pretty good. Now, I mean, it's not like you got some bum that uh, Sterling Shepard can't run away from. It's see, Those guys are pretty good. It's pretty good defensive backfield. Let's head back to the lines. Teray is in Philly. And he joins us right here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. What's happening, Teray? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Thanks for taking my call. Um, my prayers go out to Saquon for a healthy and free uh, recovery. Uh, my take on the game, man, was disappointing, but it was some good points. They put up a fight and didn't quit. But it just seems to me, man, we just lack some, some ultimate game changes that can come in there when we try to come back that can wreck that habit to turn to get the ball back for us to get a win. On defense and offense, I mean, now with Saquon down, we definitely don't have no game changes now. So, you know, my take is, man, I think we just need some real game changes, some some real power that, you know, can help us overcome deficits when we're down like that. Thanks, y'all, for taking my call. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great luxury to have when you have them. But when you have the opportunity to make plays with the, the players that you have, those are the things that really changed the game. Like the Bra- the James Bradbury interception was a game changer. It should have been a game changer. Um, the fact that you can't hold up against the run when you need to stop the run, those are lack of game changers, but you have people on the field with the ability to do that. Yeah, I mean, 
if you if you want to look at this from the bright side of things, it's great. But you know, you can't. Game changers are are guys that are making plays when they're supposed to make plays. The luxury of having an out of worldly guy is one thing. But you know, they have a game changer in Chicago, Khalil Mack, and he wasn't present on the Giants' last drive. So it's a matter of execution more so than, than you know, a, getting a genie out of a bottle and just saying, hey, give me a sack on this play. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, recapping the Giants' 17-13 loss to the Chicago Bears. Daniel Jones had two turnovers in this game, nearly rallied the troops. He spoke to the media shortly after the contest. This is what he had to say. Your teammate kind of go down like that, and have you had a chance to see him back in the locker room or anything like that yet? Yeah, you know, definitely, uh, you know, tough to see anyone go down, um, you know, especially a guy that that works as hard as Saquon does, and and you know, um, you know, we don't know, you know, what it is yet, but certainly keeping our our thoughts and prayers with him. Um, you know, he, he's a he's a guy that comes to work every day. I know he'll attack any challenge, um, and you know, I'm I'm. Uh, you know, we're all here to support him. So, um, yeah, always tough to see a teammate go down. Pat Leonard. Hey, Daniel, how frustrating was it to turn the ball over early? And then conversely, um, how did you feel about how you guys responded as a team in the second half to your first half? Yeah, you know, tough, tough first half for us. Um, you know, I'd like to like to go back and look at the at the turnovers, and certainly got to got to do a better job with that. So, um, you know, we came out in the second half, and and uh, you know we responded as a team. I thought we were able to, uh, you know, play some complimentary football with the defense coming up for us and making big plays, and the offense, you know, able to move the ball and, and score some points. So, um, you know, ultimately we we, uh, we ran out of time um, there at the end, um, but we responded and and. You know, we, we certainly got to start better. What was uh, Judge like at halftime? Um, you know, he, he was, uh, you know, we, we were all motivated. I think we, we all knew, we all know what we're capable of, uh, you know, and he certainly does. And, um, you know, that, that we're, we're capable of much, you know, much more than, than what we put out there on the first half, in the first half. So, um, you know, that was the message. And I think guys, uh, you know, guys heard it and, and responded there going out in the second half. Thanks. Ralph. Daniel, I know that you don't know the full extent of Saquon's injury yet, but it seems possible he'll be out for at least a little while. How do you rally the team without such an important player? And, and what did you learn from the brief time you didn't have him last year? Yeah, you know, we'll, uh, we'll look at it. You know, I, you know, I don't think anyone knows exactly, um, you know, what the injury is or, or what that sets us up for. So, you know, dealing in, in hypotheticals right now isn't, isn't, um, you know, the most productive thing, but, um, you know, whatever it is, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll respond as a team and, and do the best we can going forward. Art. Hey, Dan, Daniel, on that, uh, on that last drive, obviously it stalls with the penalty, but a couple of plays before that, did, did, did you guys expect a, a flag to be thrown? It looked like Evan may have been held at the goal line and uh, seemed to kind of throw things off. Uh, yeah, you know, I have to go back and take a look at it, uh, on that play. Um, you know, but, but those are all, uh, you know, tough calls, tough situations. And, um, you know, we got to find a way to execute down the stretch. 
Did you, I mean, uh, the range of emotions when you see the flag down there, did you think that uh, you got a, pe- a defensive penalty and that you were going to get one more shot from the goal line? Or was it pretty obvious from field level that it was going to go the other way? No, I, I uh, yeah, initially thought that was going to be defensive. We are going to get another shot uh, there at the goal line. So, like I said, go back and, and take a look at it and, and we'll see. But, um, you know, it's, it's up to us to, to execute it and uh, find a way to get it in there. Thanks, Dave. Rock. Daniel, what were your options there on that for, on that last play? I, I, I was calling it a fourth down play, but the, the last play there with four seconds left. Um, you know, everyone's everyone's getting in the end zone on that play, so they played. Um, you know, they they knew that and, and played zone in the end zone. So just find finding a finding a spot. Um, you know, and, and everyone's certainly an option there. So, um, like I said, I like to go back and and look at the play and and um, you know learn from it. We got time for two more, Dunleavy and Jordan. Dunleavy. Daniel, obviously you guys bounced back there in the second half, but in the second quarter, Saquon got hurt on the first play. I'm wondering if that deflated you guys at all. You threw the interception right after. Uh, some guys on the TV camera showed some guys on the um, on the sideline, you know, hanging their heads a little after Saquon got hurt. I'm wondering what that did to you guys in the second quarter before you bounced back. Um. You know, I'd say it's tough to watch a teammate go down, certainly. But, uh, you know, that's uh, a situation where, where we need to, uh, you know, take control and, and respond as a team. And, you know, I think, you know, ultimately we did that. So, um, you know, we, we got to uh, play a better first half. You know, we all know that and, and come out, um, you know, from the opening kick and, and uh, you know, not hurt, hurt ourselves or put us in a hole. Last question here, Jordan. Daniel, this this was supposed to be the game, right? You got you get all your guys back the first time. You you know you have all your weapons, and then Saquon gets injured, Shep gets injured. What do you make of that? I mean, it just just hasn't worked with you guys getting all those guys on the field at the same time. Yeah, you know, certainly uh, certainly a tough break there for us today. Um, but you know, I know those those guys will battle and and. You know, I think they'll, uh, you know, they'll they'll attack the challenge, and and we're excited to, uh, you know, support them, and and you know, we'll have guys step up. So, uh, whatever the situation is, uh, we'll attack it and, and respond as a team. How do you move forward if Saquon's not available long term? Yeah, you, you know, like I said, I think uh, no one really knows, uh, you know, what the situation is right now. So, um, you know, we'll. we'll uh, We'll, uh, you know, understand that as the week goes on and, and respond, move forward as a team. Thanks, DJ. You're all set. All right. Thank you. So that was Daniel Jones with reporters, and it's brought to you by MetLife, the official insurance company of the New York Giants. And before we say goodbye to Bob and Carl, who called today's game, I think it was an interesting point that was brought up right at the tail end of the back and forth with Daniel Jones, because we even talked about these guys at the pregame. This was Daniel Jones' first opportunity to have his five top offensive weapons on the field simultaneously. We were anticipating this finally happening at some point in 2019, never came to fruition, and then the one game they get Golden Tate back, unfortunately, they then lose Saquon Barkley as well as Sterling Shepard. So the lack of continuity on offense, not to make an excuse, but it certainly has been a big storyline over the last two seasons. Well, yeah, it's kind of a way of life. If you just play the cards you dealt. Remember, Eli started his season, started the year last year, 
not having his full complement yeah. because Golden Tate was on suspension, and the Giants are going to have to make do because it looks like the injury to Barkley is going to be severe. Uh, obviously, the Niners, who they play next week, had a bunch of injuries in their win against the Jets over at MetLife Stadium. But, Carl, it's all about adapting, finding workarounds, and coming up with ways. I mean, you know, they didn't have Gallman today. Gallman will probably be active next week, and you just got to play better, and you got you to you play smarter. And if you yeah. keep giving up big run yardage like they're doing, it's going to be hard to win at right. all. Regardless of what your personnel situation is, You've got to execute. You can't make plays or do things that beat yourself. You can't be counter to your own efforts. So that's the the biggest takeaway for me. Like, you're going to have to play the cards you dealt. Every team is dealing with major injuries so far, and it's early. you got to figure it out. Figure it out by not beating yourself. That's the first way to do it. Guys, we will speak to you next week as the Giants get set to host the San Francisco 49ers. Thanks, as always. All All right, Lance. That is Bob Papa and Carl Banks weighing in here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. That Carl was just commenting on the importance of the depth chart, essentially. Individuals stepping up, and given Saquon Barkley's injury is one of the biggest storylines coming out of this 17-13 loss to the Bears. That brings us to the Giants Power Report, brought to you by PSE&G, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future. On the ground today, Giants ran the ball 18 times, 75 yards, just over 4 yards per carry. It was Saquon Barkley with four for 28, and then Deion Lewis came in, ran the ball 10 times for 20 yards, but it was Daniel Jones who had the second longest run in this game behind Saquon's 18-yarder. Daniel Jones ran one for 12. So that is the Giants Power Report, once again brought to you by PSENG. We will hear from Joe Judge coming up, but first, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification here on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Giants, Jets, Mets, and Yankees all lose. Bryson DeChambeau leads the U.S. Open. Wake up with Boomer and Geo, morning 6 to 10, WFAN, New York. So a tough loss for the Giants on the road. Joe Judge coming up. We'll hear what he had to say as they look to move on from this 0-2 start and get set for the San Francisco 49ers. And later on, we'll get to more of your feedback on the phones at 877-337-6666. Lance Meadow with you here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow with you as we are recapping the Giants' 17-13 loss to the Bears at Soldier Field in Chicago. Giants start the season off 0-2 for the fourth consecutive campaign. Joe Judge spoke to the media in his press conference brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, the official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Visit MBUSA.com today. Let's hear from the Giants' head man. Everyone, as always, please use the raise hand function to answer your questions, and we'll we'll let you know the order in which to flow. They're all in, Coach. Okay. Guys, I appreciate you hanging on a couple of minutes. I want to talk to a few of our players before coming in here. I'm a little bit slow at the locker room, so that'll probably be a running theme going forward forever. Um, listen, just to kind of sum up the game right now as far as the feeling, obviously we played a good team today. We can't give a team like that extra opportunities. We can't give them short fields. You know, teams like that are going to make the most of it. They're well coached. They're very talented. They have explosive players. They have a good pass rush. And they have optimistic DBs that we allowed to make plays. That being said, I'm very proud of the way our team fought. I'm very proud of the way they finished the game in the second half. Our defense going out there not giving up any points. Our offense going out there and moving the ball down the field and taking advantage of situations. 
You know, I thought the two-minute drive at the end was very telling of the fight we had. And then with the penalty, you know, obviously that's something we got to clean up, and we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. So, again, you can church up that language right there in the quotes, Jordan. Um, but at that point, I'll open it for questions. Zach? Hey, Joe, obviously everything, uh, the thing on everybody's mind is about Saquon uh, going down here in his knee. I'm just curious if there's anything you could update us with that, and, and what, how much of a, a blow was that a guy like him was obviously such an important part of your offense going down as early as he did like that? Well, I'd say, first off, I thought the offense made really good adjustments to the game plan as we went for a number of reasons, uh, one of which obviously being the injuries. In terms of Saquon individually, I don't have a diagnosis on his knee. He's going to see some doctors tomorrow. Uh, we'll wait and see what that is. Obviously, we're all praying for the best. I would just say this, you know, regardless of whatever the outcome is going to be on what the doctors say tomorrow, I wouldn't fall asleep on 26. It's going to be a hell of a story either way. Thanks, Joe. Dunleavy. Joe, how did you think Daniel managed the clock there at the end? I know he had no timeouts, but it seemed you guys were taking a lot of the underneath stuff and not any, you know, shots downfield. Well, I thought we had time to move the ball. You know, obviously I had to use the timeouts in the four-minute aspect of it to make sure we had time when we got the ball back. That's a situation we practice regularly. I thought Daniel and the offense did a good job, put us in a position, you know, clock that we had to stop it. We got the passes out. We did a good job overall as far as moving the ball systematically down the field. And look, you're standing on the 10-yard line with, you know, one play to go. That's really what you're working for in the, in the two-minute drills, just to give yourself an opportunity. You know, I thought the way it was called was the right way. I thought the way our players executed, we converted some third downs, a fourth down in there. You know, we gave ourselves a chance. Obviously, we have to eliminate the penalty on the last play. Um, but, you know, Daniel did a good job extending the play, moving out of the pocket, giving himself a chance to find a throw. You know, obviously, look, it wasn't good enough because we didn't win the game. Um, but it was something right there I thought we worked on that showed up. I think a Zoom froze up in here, guys. You guys got me there? Okay, kind of froze for a second. Got it. Leonard. Joe, two moments I'm wondering how you handled. One was when you had to carry Saquon over to the sideline, just what the emotions were during that time. And then how did you handle halftime? Because it did seem like your team really responded coming out of the half. Well, I'll be honest with you, halftime was a lot like the practice you guys wrote about us restarting. We, we didn't come out here with the right kind of energy to start the game. It was a wake up and go deal. And that starts with the coaches. Okay, it starts with me. So we had to kind of restart ourselves a little bit there at halftime and make sure we came out understanding there's 30 more minutes of football and we're going to give ourselves an opportunity to win. Um, in terms of carrying Saquon off the field, that was just simply he's a big dude and I wanted to make sure we can get him over there with as, as you know least amount of stress on his leg as possible and you know kind of just take the weight off it. You know, yeah, you don't want to carry any player off the field. Hey, Joe, uh, on Sterling Shepard. Can you give me that one more time, Dan? It kind of froze up here. It's all I heard was Sterling Shepard at the end. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, just say any update on Shep? Nothing officially. No, he, um, it looked like the defensive back landed on his foot at the end of the first half. He caught that big ball across the middle in that, you know, two minute sequence we had at the end of the first half, getting a field goal range. He tried to play through it. Uh, obviously, it was something that he couldn't really run full speed on. So he'll also see the doctor. We'll see where he's at. 
And then just defensively, uh, you know, how tough was it to stick with the sort of, you know, kind of passive, you know, you weren't rushing a lot of guys, weren't blitzing because it wasn't working early, but it seemed to come around. Yeah, I mean, this team, you know, obviously presents you with a lot of things you have to deal with, um, you know, whether you can rush four or five at times. You know, you had to put some extra guys in coverage the way they were playing. The extended plays got us early. The touchdown on the first drive really resulted in extended play by the quarterback and then the same thing at the end of the half. You know, we've got to make sure we finish, and that was part of the emphasis of keeping, you know, an extra guy in coverage to really kind of watch the quarterback and try to eliminate some of those, you know, extended plays. But in terms of just going ahead and rushing, whether it's rushing with three, four, or five at different times, you know, I think we have the personnel that we're able to do some of that with within the scheme. So these guys have to understand, you know, what the scheme calls for. It's not always a sack situation. You know, just collapsing the pocket, putting some pressure on guys. You know, I thought they did a decent job overall. Obviously, there's some plays that we got to clean up on right there. Um, you know, we got to start a little bit better in the fourth quarter right there. That was something that kind of showed up early on. Um, but the defense did a good job throughout the second half of kind of bend, don't break. That's not really a trademark we're looking for. The most important thing is points, you know, defensively. And they stood up in the second half, and they were good in all the drives. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dan. Chris. Hey, Coach, what everything that happened in the first half with Barkley out, Shep goes down later on, the two turnovers by Jones, and then you find yourself in a position, you come down to the last play of the game. What does that tell you about your team right now? You know what? We asked those guys today, we said we're going to find out a lot about ourselves. We came out at halftime, we said we're going to find a lot out about the team we are. You know, you're down 17 nothing. What kind of team we're going to have. It's never about what happens to you, it's about how you respond to it. I like the way our guys responded. We've got the right guys. We've got the right kind of guys. Okay, We've got to clean some things up. We've got to improve by not putting ourselves behind in games, by making mistakes that we can control. You know, It starts with turnovers, penalties, and mental errors. Really, the mental errors we're good on today. We played a smart brand of football. We have some things we have to finish. But the turnovers, that's hard to overcome. The penalties, we didn't have a ton. But when you have them, they're always costly. So we've got to start with the things that we can control. And we have to play a good brand of football. In terms of the guys in the locker room, Look, it's a tough, resilient group. It really is. It's a young team that's learning a lot, but they're learning a lot in these first two weeks about what we have to do as a team to capitalize on our opportunities. And we have to make sure we stop spotting opponents' opportunities to take advantage of our mistakes. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. we got time for three more. Rock, Bardo, and Jordan. Tom Rock. Joe, what did you think of uh, Dion's uh, performance? Probably more carries than he's had in quite a while. And... Um, Obviously, you didn't foresee any, any of this happening, but what, what went into sitting, uh, sitting Wayne today? Yeah, we just made the best decision personnel-wise of what the game plan called for. There's a lot of things that factor in. It, it's never just run game or pass game. It, our offense, there's three sides of the ball, so all the roles and factors as well as what the defense does on the other side, they all play a role. Sometimes you may sit a guy on offense because defense may need something extra. So it's never directly related to just one guy. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into it. Now, in terms of Dion. I thought Dion was able to make some plays for us. You know, caught the ball in space, able to extend a few plays. Did a good job on the goal line, punching that ball in on the fourth that fourth and goal right there. So, look, Dion's a tough dude. I've been around Dion for a long time. One thing you know about Dion is he's prepared, and the guys really respond to him because he is a tough dude, and he's got that look in his eye. He's going to do whatever it takes to, you know, work with the team and benefit the team. So, I was proud for how he played out there today. Lombardo. Hey, Joe. You had uh, Nate Ebner in there at safety early in the game. I'm just curious what went into that decision. It seemed like he kind of got cut out of position on that early Bears touchdown. Just um, what went into playing him there and um, uh, your thoughts on what happened on that play? 
Yeah, we're going to use everybody on our roster and every game plan, however we see to benefit us. There were some situational calls where we thought that he was a good fit for what we're looking to do, uh, both with his communication awareness on the defense. He's a very experienced player. And it's a very, very smart player, a very smart player. You put him on the field, he's a guy that players can play faster when he's around because he kind of calms everything down. You know, that being said, we had some specific roles for him within the game plan. He happened to be in it, you know, early in the game. Uh, but we won't hesitate to play Nate in any situation. Last question here, Jordan. Hey, Joe. Where does the team go without Saquon Barkley if he's out long-term, which seems likely? We go back to work. That's where we go. We go back to work on Wednesday. We start plugging ahead. we got a tough opponent next week. You know, they're going to be hanging on the East Coast waiting for us, you know, next Sunday. That's where we go. Our vision has to be forward. Whatever happened today, win or loss, it's over. Today's game's over. What's important is our players learn from what happened. We clean up the mistakes, and we push forward, and we go to work with the right mentality, which I know our guys will. And also, like, what, how do you make sense of Daniel, right? There's, there's obviously a lot of good he's doing. The second half, you know, he was really good in that second half. But there's two more turnovers today. That's four in two games so far. There's, there's been a lot of good, but then you – Still have four turnovers in two games. Yeah, we've got to keep this guy playing aggressive. He's a tough dude. He's standing in the pocket. Uh, we'll watch the tape talk and address some things with him specifically internally. But I like the way he's playing aggressive and giving us opportunities, you know, in some tough situations. You know, as a team, we have to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. Thanks, Coach. You're all set. Good. Guys, I appreciate you. We'll talk to you later. So that was Giants head coach Joe Judge speaking with the media following his team's 17-13 loss to the Bears. The Giants had an opportunity. They marched down the field, but a penalty against Golden Tate was the very last play as Daniel Jones tried to connect with him in the end zone, called for offensive pass interference. We will step aside when we come back. We'll continue to break down the ins and outs of this game. Also look ahead to next week's challenge at MetLife Stadium, a San Francisco 49ers team that bounced back with their first win this season. However, similar to the Giants, they're also going to be entering this contest next weekend as the walking wounded. Giants fall to the Bears 17-13. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow with you as the Bears beat the Giants 17-13. So New York falling to 0-2 on the season after losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. The player of the game is brought to you by the members and contractors of local 825 operating engineers. ELEC 825, building our future. And the player of the game is going to go to James Bradbury, who had a nice bounce-back performance in this contest. He finished with four tackles, all solo, four passes defensed, and he came through with one of the Giants' two interceptions. Unfortunately, that's a big storyline in this game because the Giants were only able to score six points off of the two takeaways. And then when you take it into consideration, remember, they recovered a muff punt against Pittsburgh right at the beginning of the game on Monday night, and they only walked away with a field goal. So the Giants have three takeaways this season. They've only scored nine points off of those takeaways. They have yet to punch it in and change momentum within a contest thanks to getting a touchdown. So that is something that goes hand in hand with takeaways. It's not so much getting the football. It's about what you're doing with it. And based on last season when the Giants had a turnover differential of minus 17, well documented that that goes hand in hand with wins and losses. It's a huge indicator. Today's scoring drive of the game brought to you by Investors Bank. 
Get the official New York Giants checking account only from Investors Bank. Visit InvestorsBank.com slash Giants for more details. And we'll take you to the third quarter, an 11-play, 95-yard drive that took 439 off the clock. And the Giants were able to punch it through with Deion Lewis filling in for the injured Saquon Barkley. He ran it in on fourth and goal from the one. That made it a 17-10 game. But with the game 17-13 late, the Giants got the ball back with just over two minutes to go. And with four seconds left on a third and six from the Chicago 10, an incomplete pass to Golden Tate as a result of an offensive pass interference call. Well, stick with us, because if you're listening to us on the fan in New York, we'll be right back with more postgame coverage. But it's time to say goodbye to the affiliates on our radio network and on the Giants' digital platforms. The final score once again, the Giants fall to the Bears 17-13. They'll be looking to bounce back next Sunday at home against the San Francisco 49ers team that notched its first win of the season over the Jets earlier today at MetLife Stadium. You've been listening to Giants football on the WFAN Giants radio network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck.